Sally with her stars to shimmy shuffle down. We pass one and feeling alright. Cause we get a willy round, we can last all night. Please down, stay down, stay down, down. Now Willie Willie won't go home, but you can't push Willie round. Do you want to talk about Birdman for a bit? Yeah, go on then. Can we? Uh, yeah. I, I feel like Birdman is a film I'm going to need to watch again because I feel like so much was happening in terms of everything uh, <laughs> that I'm not sure I 100% got everything. Um, yeah. And I don't just mean that as me being thick, like I don't think I got it. I mean, like, there's just so much going on at all times in terms of even just the choice in the way it's filmed and the you know the angles that are used and the 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 tracking filming and stuff like it's just it's really fluid and it's it's there's so much stuff yeah, to be it's seen all basically it's all been shot in one take essentially is it it kind of imitates one single take yeah, yeah. like hitchcock's rope in that like any edits it's all long takes and any edits are hidden so you it, you don't really so they'll they'll do a, a like a really subtle thing with somebody walking through a door into another room and it's like the door frame pans across the screen that's where they kind of hide the edit so you don't feel like there's a cut mm. um, and they do some really clever things where they'll show the because it's all in one take essentially but it's set over several days it's set over what about a week something like that something like, like five, that yeah three or five nights something like that so and they do some really clever things to show you the passage of time mm. So they'll have, like, a character say something about, oh, well, tomorrow night's when we do the first dress rehearsal, because it's all about a play. But they do the first, the preview or the dress rehearsal, whatever it was. And then they'll leave the room, walk down some stairs onto the stage, and you realise this is now the next night. Yeah. And and it's just really cleverly done, because there's no kind of signpost, there's no title that comes up and says the following night. It, it just gives you, you know, credits the audience with the intelligence to figure out that that's what's just happened we've just moved ahead mm. without doing i mean they, they do like time lapse stuff as well in there but that's but sometimes they, they'll not do that at all i thought that's really clever how they how they do that and i think it's quite interesting that it's and this is almost like a separate argument but i think the trailer did it no favors in that the trailer kind of sort of sold it as a wacky comedy that's kind of really surreal yeah and it, it weird, wasn't but it's actually what quite, i was expecting it's quite yeah. um deep <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really kind of it's pretty much a straightforward, simple character study really over several mm-hmm. days. It's it's a it's it, there's a there's a play in a film called Noises Off, which is sort of on about what happens behind the scenes of a play. So you've got like the play within a play, and then the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, and it's basically that kind of a thing. It's that story just told in a much more cleverer kind of a bit deeper way, you know. But they've kind of sold it as this weird. Like a like a like a Coen Brothers kind I think of. What I comedy. thought was uh, was odd about the trailer is that they really sold the superhero element of it. They have really sold the um, fucking superhero stuff. Really it? sold it, and and whilst it is obviously a very big part of Michael Keaton's character's life, it's not it's not referenced as often as that trailer would make you think. Like the the trailer to me made me think he was going to be running around as Birdman for like a good. Yeah. Two thirds of the movie, and he That's isn't. What do you think it's about a guy who used to play a superhero who basically loses his shit and, and thinks he's the superhero? Yeah. That's that's 
that's what the trailer makes you think you're going to go and see. And it's not that at all. It's, no. you know, no. and like, I even just like the promotional stuff about it. Like there was a lot of stuff on like websites going about, Oh, here's the first picture of Birdman from the firm Birdman that's coming out. And you have the, the costume like they do for like superhero movies. Mm. Here's, here's the first shot of Daredevil in his costume. Here's the first shot of, here's what, you know, Batman's going to look like in the next film and all this kind of stuff. Whereas that's, it's fucking relevant to what Birdman fucking looks like. Oh gosh, completely. Um, you know? It's not a thing at all. I think this is another film. I think watching this <coughs> so close uh, to Frank, because we, we saw Birdman and then about two days later I watched Frank, It's they're quite sim- similar in the sense of some of the things that they they explore and they focus on. Because I think Birdman's very much about the, the effects of fame and the effects of... What am I trying to say? Like, well, it's about... It's yeah, it's about it's about a dude just trying to do something different, and he's throwing his heart and soul into it, and it's not quite, you know, it's 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 about taking chances and things. But I think the the thing that struck the chord most for me is his relationship with the reviewer, who yeah. um, oh fuck yeah, basically just wants to take him the fuck down a peg. Yeah, um, that's a, such a good scene. Such oh a fucking my god. That was that was <laughs> so amazing. Was so, it's like one tiny little scene. Oh, I can't remember the actress's name now, but she was fucking. Yeah, no, that's gonna. Oh god, that's gonna get on my tits. Shit. Fucking hell. And I wrote down the rest of the cast. I didn't write down her name. Fuckers. Anyway, (laughs) but yeah, that was such a fucking electric scene. Yeah, and I Uh, think I think the idea. Again, I think this is a film you can take a lot of different things from it. And one of the things that I took is the idea of criticisms. Because, because, you know, we're all, like you were saying earlier, we're also ready to just jump on the internet and be like, blah, blah, blah about everything that we've just seen. And, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I'm not. We don't think well, about how much... Doing. Yeah, exactly. We don't think about how much a negative opinion of ours could have an yeah. effect on... So, I mean, you know, you, you tend to think because with a podcast like this, with a very small listenership, you think... Michael Keaton's never going to hear this if I go, call any shit. Like, he's yeah. not going to care. But I'm pretty sure people care. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, if somebody happens think, to cross yeah, a bad that... review, it's it's hurtful. <laughs> yeah, it's I think sad. I think yeah, because you do assume that just because I found <laughs> like huge that that's not so it's not good. But I think the nature of the person who will go into that field, like the arty, you know, whether an actor or a singer and stuff, that's gonna that is they're gonna be vulnerable to that kind of stuff because it's all about yeah, you know, performance is all about um, feedback. It's all about a reaction from the audience. Yeah. Preferably, a, you know, a positive one that you you, you feed off that, you know. Um, so a negative is going to kind. I think that is going to sting, and I think for people, for actors and and artists and and singers and musicians and stuff who don't feel that, who don't care, then I think that's when their their art turns to shit because yeah. it's not about it's not about the audience. Whereas you are performing, yeah, you, know, you create for yourself and you create, but you also want that kind of feedback as well. It's all about the audience reaction it is you know otherwise you'd never put it out there you'd, you'd write your songs or make your comics or or do your little you'd, you'd act to the mirror kind of thing you know you'd, you'd perform your soliloquies to the mirror and so but it is yeah it is that and, and fucking mark keaton is just amazing oh my god isn't he though he is he's just a fucking again just the revelation you know i always knew he was good i mean i, I remember going back to to when he did night shift i always knew he was, a, he was a funny guy he was one of those big you know the big funny guys you know he did you know night shift and and and, and mr mom and uh, and this is all like before beetlejuice this mm. is like before he became a big name you know he was always one of, like like early tom hanks he was just really good comedy actors you know 
So, and I knew he was going to be good, and but he's just on a whole fucking other level now. Isn't he? His performance in the, I think he's been Oscar nominated. I'm sure he has. But I should it is really just well so. a whole fucking other um, level of yeah, because it is just and it is virtual. It, it's just him, and he's just so kind of because it is interesting because it's just like a really kind of brave and just kind of uh, naked performance. I mean, I mean, literally, there's a lot of like stuff with him with his clothes off, and he ain't in the best shape anymore, kind of thing for. Yeah, it is, and he's clearly doing it deliberately to show, you know, he's kind of a lot of the character is kind of showing how pathetic this character is, you know, mm. and that he he used to be this superhero and he's held this superhero, but he's now old and he's and he's 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 getting on and he's wrinkled and he's a bit saggy and stuff, and it is just um, really just kind of an amazingly um, brave performance and just mm. and, 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 uh, kind of brutal in places. But he's also kind of you're just funny, and he because the interesting thing is he has to show that he's a good actor and stuff, and it's 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 hard to like fake being a good actor because mm. there's, there's bits where he's supposed to be a, be a good actor, and there's bits where he's supposed to be like a bit shit because you got um, like Ed Norton's in, who's also fucking oh, amazing, amazing, absolutely uh, amazing. And well, the revelation for, for is what's interesting because one of the things that it's not, I don't think it's the wacky comedy that it was sold. I mean, there's funny bits. There's some really funny bits in it. Yeah. But I would call it a comedy, particularly. No. Um, if anything, it would be a dark comedy, but even then you're still pushing it with comedy. Yeah, yeah you really have to push the definition, I think. There is some not really funny stuff in it, but I, it's not something you're going to watch in order to laugh, you know? Yeah. Um, but there's but and there's and but they but it's funny because there's some really kind of silly bits in it and the stuff that taken out of context looks silly. So they stick him in the trailer thinking, oh look, here's here's Michael Keaton in his underpants walking through the street. Here's you know Ed Norton in his underpants having a fight with Michael Keaton and stuff. And he just makes it look it's a really wacky knockabout, goofy comedy, and it's not that at all, you know. Um, and it's just and I just think it's just and it's like kind of. Put the you know like once I, I noticed it and now I'm just really aware of how shit trailers are now. Yeah. <laughs> Movie trailers. I mean, I was aware that how spoilery they they seem to be now, mm. but they just terrible trailers, fucking awful. Now, you know. Yeah, I get angry at trailers. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I watched. Um, yeah, I mean, I went to the cinema this weekend and just the trailers. Just thinking, I have no idea if that's going to be a decent film or not because I've no idea what's going on in that. Uh, that film at all because it's just so chopped up. Mm. There was there was a film called there's a film coming out called The Gambler with Mark Wahlberg which I won't watch because I can't stand fucking Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> but it's but it's 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 clearly a bog standard or you know from Mark and Gather it's a bog standard gambler story of you know professional gambler gets a big big chance to hit the big time and do the big score borrows a shitload of money from the mob loses and gets in trouble with the mob. Mm-hmm. Bog standard plot number one. Right, but the trailer, <laughs> the trailer's so chopped up and incomprehensible, and you think they're doing that because they want it to seem a deeper movie than it than it is, mm. and you watch it just thinking, I have no idea what this story is. So you think about it, you go, Oh no, that's just a really simple <laughs> fucking gambler movie. It's your, your bug standard, straightforward gambler movie with with an asthmatic actor in it. You know, that's all it is. So. But and I just think, yeah, I'm thinking, oh, I saw the really clever trailer, really shit trailer, I'm not sure which, but I just know it's just incomprehensible. And then I, I, once you notice that, then you watch the next, you know, the butcher trailer coming, I think, this is also completely incomprehensible. I have no idea what's going on in this. But I, know, I only want to go and see this film because I already know what this film's about. Yeah, because it's a film I've been waiting for or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it is just fucking bizarre. 
Uh, but yeah, but trailers, that's a whole other fucking... <laughs> that's a whole other podcast, practically. Uh, so my yeah, trailer rant is just a whole other fucking... I need to have my own podcast for that one. That's, that's going to be a, an ongoing series. <laughs> and it's another thing! <laughs> Maybe you that's know. what you should just call it. <laughs> yeah, I think episode four, the blah, and why that is totally burnt out. <laughs> you know? Anyway, though, Birdman, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, so I'll go on about Birdman, I'll let you talk about it because I was just. Well, I think, I think the thing I liked the most about it was how, how real it was whilst it was very. Not if that, oh, that makes no real actual sense. What I'm trying to say is Michael Keaton's character was very much a real person in the sense that, you know, whilst you were made to feel a bit sorry for him and you wanted him to succeed in this play because you could see he was putting his heart and soul into it and he really wanted it to work and all the reviewers and whatnot were against him and blah, blah, blah. At the same time, he can, he's a bit of an arsehole. He's got faults, you know. He's, yeah. not, he's not this, like, perfect, idealised, like, super dude. And I think that's that's possibly kind of why he longs for the days of being a superhero again, because that's possibly when he was more perfect. But I just thought it was a, a really, it's just a really well done film. If I had to, if I had to do a nitpick, it would it would only be the the soundtrack is mostly sort of like riffy jazz solo drum drums. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Just drum solos, isn't it? Um, All the way through, yeah. And there were a couple of points where it felt overpowering. Not yeah. like massively so, but a bit just sort of like, I want to turn that down just a tad. Yeah. And I, I don't know what the choice, like the idea was there, whether it was supposed to be that way or whether that was just a thing that happened. <laughs> but there were, there were a couple of points where I felt like it was taken over and I was like, I, I don't think that needs to be the focus of this right now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know exactly. There's, there's, there is a couple of bits where it just gets, like, it, the, the, like the screen will fade to black and then there'll be this like really snappy staccato kind of drum solo thing that gets really kind of loud. And you're thinking, are we supposed to be now feeling anxious? Is this supposed to be his mind or what and then it'll just move into a different scene and you go okay i'm not really sure what that was about my only nitpick was and this is gonna you're gonna go why are you fucking complaining about that is there's, there's like a there's a sudden little like lesbian kiss in, in there <laughs> yeah and i'm like what the fuck was that about where yeah, did that come from i i didn't understand that and i, I don't think i fully understood the ending but I'll ask yeah. you about that afterwards because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Yeah, because <laughs> it's a it's yeah. a fairly new film and I'm so... not a cunt. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there was just a bit with, and I just, I mean, I don't want to get. I'm I'm really not kind of like the high horse. You know, titil- I love titillation. I've never had a bad time being titillated in my life. Mm. I'm all like thumbs up for titillation. But there's a, there's a scene with like like this this lesbian kiss, and there seemed to be no reason. For these characters, to, yeah, they never have... come back to it, do they? No, no, no. There's no other hints before it or any kind of repercussions to it afterwards. Now, I trust the film that it that it that it's there for a reason and it means something. Mm. But it, it, but watching it, I just thought that's kind of weird. Yeah, even well, though I, part I got... of it's going, oh, girls kissing, and <laughs> the part's just going, yeah, but you know. Well, so... I got the feeling that one of them was unhappy in her relationship and the other one was trying to sort of almost prove it to her by going, look, you'll snog me and everything. But that seemed like a weird reason to have a lesbian kiss in there. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it was funny. It kind of like, at the, right at the start of that scene, I had like a little kind of like info flash in my head going, they're going to snog at some point. And you're thinking, nah, shut up. You just, you know, you just wish it or something, you know. And then it was there, I just felt, oh, that feels kind of weirdly bad that I predicted that. Because <laughs> nothing else in that film was predictable. Mm. 
No, and it just felt it, it was it was just a strange thing. It was almost like I want to know why that scene was there. I want I want the director's commentary so I can find out why that's there, or is it a case of you know that there was there was stuff there's stuff being cut out from before and after that mm. that that will add kind of weight to it because uh, you know that the stuff. I mean, you can see it in some films. I mean, usually it happens in like the big blockbuster, like like Spider Man Two, the second Spider Man film. I I watched that and you can clearly see multiple drafts you can always see in the joins between different drafts mm. like this is a topical podcast i'm talking about a film from like 15 years ago where like there's if you cast your mind back there's 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 a whole like subplot about peter parker's neighbor's neighbor's daughter this this funny shy little girl not a little girl but a young woman who might be like a romantic interest and she makes him like a chocolate cake and stuff and then she just kind of disappears out <laughs> the film oh yeah <laughs> And she's like, well, what the fuck? Was and it's, you can see that clearly there was there was like a draft where she was going to be in it through the whole film. Mm. Somebody, you know, then it gets passed on to the next bunch of writers because that's how stuff's written. You know, they take it from one writer and give it to another and go, yeah, do a polish on that. Do work on the, the third act. Yeah, so the first thing they'll do is they'll cut out what's not necessary. And they're just like, oh, this character's not really necessary. So, and then, you know, and then suddenly this character just disappears at the fucking film. And you just think, well, you know, that's just bizarre. Anyway, so I'll just call it multiple draft syndrome, where you get that stuff set up at the start and then doesn't get paid off. Mm. And it's just because it gets, you know, big scripts like that get written in chunks by different writers. They get told, you know, the script gets down and go, and they just go, look, rewrite the third act or, you know, beef up the middle act and all this kind of stuff, you know. And you can see that there's no through line. There's no no intent, no writer's intent for the characters or or or, or whatever you know, like the Chekhov's pistol thing, that stuff set up at the start, and then he doesn't get paid off because it's a different. There's, there's no conscious line of of plotting through that. That's there for a reason, but mm-hmm. that gets lost because the next guy who takes over doesn't know why that's there or isn't aware that that's there because they haven't been given those pages, you know. Mm. So I just I just wonder if that's it's something or whether it's just a case of I need to rewatch Birdman and then just go, ah, oh, okay, now I get why there. Well, I definitely need to rewatch it anyway, so. <laughs> That's good. I think that's good that you can come out of film and really because it's because it's, it's, it's for maybe maybe I'm just completely wrong about the like the the, the promotional stuff for it because you got me to go and see it and if they'd have been you know if they'd have really just not put all that kind of faux superhero stuff in which they like I say yeah you, know, you say they really pushed mm. uh, you know you kind of watch it thinking oh yeah but people people are going to be disappointed by this because there's there's no fucking superhero like they were really pushing it to like the like the comic book crowd the comic con crowd mm. not that at all you know. But yeah, but it's a, but I think any film where you come out and go, yeah, I really need to watch that again. I think that's a good thing. I think there's a lot of you know. And now it seems to be a case of wisdom says that you have to understand everything. If you're not being, if you don't understand the writer's intent right from the get go, then they, the writer's failed in some way. But I, I think there's a lot to be said for you know, reading you know, a book that you need to read more than once. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to like. I mean, going back again, like um, I read. Well, I love. There's a graphic novel called Straight Toasters by Bill Sinkovich mm-hmm. that's just brilliant and incomprehensible at the same time. And I, I love that. I, re- I mean, I remember that came out in the, like, the late 80s, just thinking, this is genius. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. I've got to figure this out, you know? Um, and I'm still not entirely sure what it's all about, you know? But you, you, there's enough in there you're interested. And you know that that's... It's not just bad writing. It's not that forgot, the writers forgot to tell you this. I mean, it's hard to tell, explain, but the difference between where the writer's deliberately leaving it up to you to figure it out and one where he just forgot to tell you where, the, where the, you know, why somebody did this, 
thing for what reason and that kind of stuff. And I kind of, I kind of thing. I mean, I just, I mean, I remember just remember when I was like 17, 18, just there, yeah, there was a whole bunch. Of, I mean, the, the first um, Lewis Rockwright graphic novel came out. And again, I, it, it took me about three reads of that to figure out what it was. 2001 a Space Odyssey took me a decade to figure out what the fuck. I still haven't properly watched that film because I fell asleep during it. Uh, on several yeah, occasions, yeah. so I sort of saw I saw a monolith, and then I saw a very small amount of Hal, and then I think I saw a lot of flashing lights, and then I saw a fetus, and I was like, nope, <laughs> no idea. I do think there's something to be said though about not being spoon fed. Like there are some films, like for example with the Turtles movie, where I expect to go in and for that plot to make no sense, but in terms of the fact that it's just shit, like I expect to go into a Turtles movie and see a few awesome ninja fights and some talk of pizza and that'll do me, job done. I'm not expecting like to come out and go, oh, I wonder what the writers meant by this and this. But there are some films where I think, like Birdman and Frank, I think... I like to have. I like the fact that I'm still thinking about Frank days afterwards and thinking, oh, I wonder what they meant by that. Oh, wonder if they were trying to talk about this and like that's so much more fun. <laughs> like yeah. to have a film actually have an impact on you is is great. Yeah. I think. It's, yeah, and for it to plant seeds in your head and kind of inception you kind of while while you're watching it, I think mm. it's. Is good. I, th- I don't think, you know, by any means that every film needs to be like that, you know. I'm oh, no. There's definitely a place in the world for the shitty, stupid movies. <laughs> Even, like, um, moving on, deftly moving on to my next film choice. Ooh. I went to see Ex Machina uh, this weekend, mm-hmm. which is the, the Alex Garland thing about the female AI, mm-hmm. you know. The, um, and that's from the opposite, almost like the opposite thing, in that it's a really simple story it's actually a story you've seen a million times before there's there's story-wise it doesn't do anything startlingly original in any way whatsoever i can think of at least two twilight zone oh no a twilight zone and two um outer limits that did told the basically the same story mm-hmm. there was a film out last year called the machine which was basically the same uh story you know so it doesn't do anything. You're not going to go and go, that's a really clever twist on that. No, it's just pretty much that's, it's the standard classic sci-fi story. You, you've been, you've seen this story to, since the 50s, but it's done just really, really well. Mm-hmm. Does it just really, really nicely done and polished and it's been thoroughly thought out. And, and I mean, I know a lot of people really, really rate Alex Garland. He did, he wrote The Beach and oh, 20 God. years later. Fucking and, hate The Beach. It's garbage. Big fan of of, of those, any of those, even Dread, I'm a huge Jewish Dread fan. I don't rate the Dread movie. It's way better than the Stallone one. <laughs> that's that's not fucking hard, is it? Let me just, I'm not. Compl- I've farted better Judge Dread movies than that. <laughs> <laughs> that should be on the back of the fucking DVD. <laughs> I, I don't think, that, you know, and that's, again, that's a whole other fucking podcast. So I'm not a huge fan, like Sunshine as well, which I thought was great, and then just, it just completely fell apart at the end. I don't think he, because a lot of people go, oh, he's the second coming of British in sci-fi, and I really don't think he is. I don't think he, he none of the things I've seen him do have, have been original or had a new idea in them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He just um, kind of like polishes the old stuff and represents it to, to a new audience, basically. He's not seeing it. He's going, well, here you go. Take a look at this. And that's what Ex Machina does. And it sounds like I'm putting it down, but I'm not. I really, really enjoyed it. But it is just, I mean, it's just beautifully 
shot for a start. He's a, he's a really great director. The look of it is amazing. And it's, again, kind of linking on from Birdman, kind of. It, 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 you've got like a really small cast. It's basically four people. Um, do you know what? You can't see this. But I just held up three fingers when I said there's four people. Oh, dear. Oh, fucking hell. So you basically got four characters in the film. So it's, it's almost like a closed set play, really. Mm. So, and it feels a lot like, um, again, like like an Outer Limits or a, or a... Okay, here's an example of what it's not. It's not Black Mirror. Right. Like, Black does really original stories or takes an old story or an old like, science fiction concept and really spins it. And comes at it from a, di- a completely different angle, and just makes you look at the, like an old old sci-fi chestnut from a completely new way, or or it could come up with a completely different idea that you've never seen before, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas this doesn't. It just it's just you know. I think a lot of you know sci-fi fans will go and just you could just see it as well. Yeah, we've seen this many times before, but it's just it's just re- done really nicely, and the effects are fucking amazing. The 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 the, the AI character, the uh, the robot Ava. I don't know if you've seen like the, the photos and stuff, but she's kind of got like a lot of her arms and legs and a, and a, a abdomen are kind of see-through. They're kind of glass, so you can see all the workings and stuff inside, which is just an amazing fucking feat of uh, effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, utterly convincing. You know, it's just brilliant stuff. The performances are all amazing as well. You got um, who's in the you got uh, Oscar Isaac, who's a guy who's just kind of come out of nowhere. He, the last thing, the first thing I saw him in was fucking um, Sucker Punch, Oof. and then all of a sudden now he's in the next Star Wars movie, and he's like he was he'd been Oscar nominated, he was in like a a Coen Brothers thing. Like all of a sudden he's he's become like a a name. He's suddenly become a big guy, and then you've got that uh, Domhnall Gleeson's in it as well, who's who's uh, really good. Who was in you, you mentioned was in um, Frank, mm-hmm. um, so he's really good in it, and he does feel like a like 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 a like a British think although you know everybody's in there with american accent it does feel like a british thing it feels like something that would have been on the tv in the in the in the, in the late 70s and early 80s that kind of clever non-pandering kind of stuff you know kind of like sapphire and steel or that kind of thing would be, would be on the tv and you yeah it's just it's just a beautifully looking compulsively um engrossing story although it doesn't i had like about three twist endings in my head and it didn't do any of them <laughs> And which I guess is kind of like a skill, you know, and it did, it, although it does pull off, it has got a pretty neat ending. It's not very pat at all. But I, I, but my, I, I think he said modestly that my twist endings were cleverer than, <laughs> than the one you know, where you're thinking, oh, I bet this is, you know, and that's going to be reflect that. And that's going to, that's what that scene was about at the start. And you go, no, 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 no. You're just seeing stuff that's not there. It's just this. But it was, but yeah, but it's really, it's, it's, it's a really good film and it, and it's, um, it's really nicely done. It's just it's just not startling the original, but it just does what it does really, really well. And the the, the um oh, what's the name of the actress who Alicia Vikander who plays Ava the the AI. It's just really, really good. And you just think, okay, there's a star, there's a star making fucking role if ever there was one, you know, because she's just really, really good in it. But it's, again, you know, and for me to say it because, like I say, I'm not a big fan of of Alex Garland at all. So for me to go, yeah, this is fucking good. It's a bit of a bit of a thing, actually, because you know it's, it's probably the thing I like about his that I've seen uh, like the most about of everything I've seen of his so far. That's definitely on my to watch list anyway, so I shall cool. check it out. Think of it, and you'll just go, "Yeah, this needed a lesbian kiss." There was not lesbian <laughs> kiss. Although there is a lot of nudity in it, which really surprised me because it's like a twelve. Oh. And 
there's a shit ton of, of full frontal nudity in there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is it robot vaginas, though? Well, no. Well, yes and no. They're not like plastic or, or shiny chrome or anything. They're like woman vaginas. <laughs> so it's not like, you know, CGI vaginas or anything or, uh, you know, but no, they're, but it's real vaginas. <laughs> anyway. You know, it's real vaginas. It's oh, not shiny chrome vaginas, close brackets. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was going, what do you have to do to have a fucking... No, maybe it's not a 12, maybe it's, it's 15. It's a 15, sorry. But you do, because I went thinking, what do you have to do to get an 18 these days? <laughs> yeah, it is a bit crazy. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm very conscious of how long we've been yapping. Um, okay. So I'm going to do a bit of a quick fire round of some other movies, what I've seen. Okay. Um, chime in if you've seen them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first one was The Interview. Yeah, I know. I've not seen the interview. Okay. Well, uh, I understand there was a big situation around the interview in the sense that there were threats and it got pulled from cinema release in most cinemas and blah, blah, blah and what have you because it's essentially about two guys. It's uh, like James Franco plays like a... I don't want to say journalist because he's not. He's like a TV presenter, news guy who just sort of chases the most current story and he's a bit of a bellend. And Seth Rogen plays his like producer type dude. And they uh, end up getting an interview with Kim Jong-un and um, the American government asked them to kill him while they're over there because <laughs> why not? Um, so there was a whole brouhaha about the film. And, uh, and so obviously I wanted to see it anyway because I'm basically in love with both Seth Rogen and James Franco. So I was like, yeah. Please. We can never be married. Jesus. No. I'm sorry. Anyway. I'm sorry. I love them both so much. <laughs> no, to be, yeah, no. I kind of liked. Yeah, no. Anyway, sorry, carry on. <laughs> well, um, so I was in anyway, but then when there was this whole brouhaha, Rich was like, oh, we've got to see it now. So, uh, mm. so we got hold of it and we watched it, and it is not really worth the hype. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, there's some very funny bits in it, and the idea behind the film is quite funny, but the problem is. I thought Team America was much more offensive to Korea than this would have been. Mm. And I don't know whether it's because this has real people as opposed to puppets um, that's mm. just made it seem like more of a big deal. But I think this film does a very weird thing in the sense of trying to make Kim Jong-un seem like a pretty cool dude, actually. And Seth Rogen said in interviews beforehand and uh, when the film was pulled and stuff that one of the things they've... Because they've done a lot of research, obviously. One of the things they found out is that a lot of people say he's actually a really cool dude to hang around with like he likes his drink and his women and having a laugh and stuff and he's actually like a really cool guy <laughs> but when it comes to making you know I'm not going to go into that but anyway um, <laughs> so, so this yeah. film actually yeah. makes it seem like he's actually like a really nice guy that you'd probably want to spend a few like Saturday nights at the nightclub with which is a really weird direction to take because you don't I feel like the film wants you to root for James and Seth's characters to kill him. Mm. But then by the end, you just kind of think, well, I don't know what I want anymore. And I shouldn't be watching a film like that not knowing what I want out of it. Like, it's yeah. it's a comedy yeah. where they go to kill a guy, they should kill the guy. And spoilers, <laughs> they do. But, like, <laughs> like, it's not... I don't think it's anything to get your panties in a twist about. Yeah. Because yeah. like I think I honestly think Team America was way more offensive. I mean partially just the um 
the voice whoever the voice actor was for Kim Jong Il in that does an incredibly racist accent like the entire way through and there's a lot of jokes like there's a whole song based around the fact that he can't pronounce the word lonely and he sings I'm so lonely like it's like that's so much more offensive to me than this film where they actually make out like he's kind of a cool guy but he's a bit of a shitty dictator so we'll have to kill him like nothing worse than a shitty dictator though <laughs> like I just it was really weird. I mean, I I'm glad I watched it in the sense that, you know, there were some really funny bits and um yeah. like there was quite an entertaining scene with Seth Rogen and a tiger. <laughs> See this this is where Kim Jong it's just the wrong Kim Jong un has gone wrong by like you know, or or the um or the terrorist hackers slash whatever have gone wrong is I had no interest in this film at all because I don't like Seth Rogen and um, I'm not particularly keen on James Franco, and I, I had no interest. I didn't even know about it. It wasn't on my radar or anything. Yeah. And then it's fucking nonstop being the interview for you know, about two months or whatever yeah. it was. You got the most, I mean, you get so much publicity, you couldn't fucking avoid it. So now I'm going, oh, I want to give that a go. And I had no interest in that whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, until, it's. Um... Now I just want to see it because I feel like. If if it's that you know if if it's there's been threats and terrorism threats and you know it's been withdrawn and stuff like that then I feel like it's almost my duty to to, yeah. to watch it you know I don't think it's it's worth the threats like there's yeah. there's actually quite a big conspiracy theory online about the fact that there were never any uh, actual threats and there were never any actual hacks mm. and all that and that it was mm. all just the production company yeah trying to big up the movie but yeah. I don't think that will have worked for them because. A lot of people have ended up downloading it as opposed yeah. to getting it somewhere legally. And also, mm. like, I think last weekend it was available on Netflix for free. So yeah. they're not going to make any money off it there either, no, really. No. So I don't, I don't know what how that would work as a theory. No. Um, but, I mean, it, like, it's an entertaining enough watch. I just don't think it's anything mm. worth getting that help about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not a fan of, like, I sound, I sound like a horrible old man, but I'm not. These modern comedies, I don't get, like The Hangover. I just don't get. Oh, I love The Hangover. And no, I just, and like Anchorman just didn't work for me. And all, oh, my God, that kind you're of, just naming all my favourite films. <laughs> all that, although it's kind of Bridesmaids, I thought was kind of okay. Oh, no, that's garbage, though. <laughs> Like straight up offensive to women garbage. Yeah. That's what that film is. All these films, God, these are brilliant. I'm just wanted to think. I I think I laughed in all those films that named. I think I laughed about twice at all. Lot. But but then again, having said that, I really like the look of fucking what's the new Johnny Depp one, Mordecai. Oh, see, I'm I, not. I, I, the, the trailer for that is a weird one because I don't know what that's about. No, well, I mean, it, well, no it kind of idea. It looks like a throwback to kind of like the Pink Panther and that kind of stuff, which I can go, yeah, I can, I get that. that I, I understand that one. I like, you know, it looks like he's got a script at least. Yeah, I can, I can get behind that. And I, I like Johnny Depp doing his kind of Terry Thomas impression. That's, that's funny to me. So, um, I, and Nick, you know, of course, like Mordecai's just been like slag, it slagged off and just utterly, utterly slated and it's, it's been held up as like the new fucking Ishtar or something. But I'm looking at everything, it's awful. I'm going, yeah, but I kind of like the look of it. You know, I, I kind of want to go and see that. So maybe I'm just not the best judge of, uh, of, of modern comedies anymore. I don't know. I think if you're not uh, if you're not a fan of Rogan or Franco, you probably won't like the interview because it is very in their yeah. line of comedy. Like, yeah. Like dick jokes and fart jokes and having to put stuff up your bum jokes. Yeah. I'm I'm not averse to bum jokes. I think it's just 
Franco and and Rogan I don't like. I think Seth Rogan I'll never forgive for the Green Hornet because I was really looking forward to that film. Oh, I still haven't seen that, thankfully. And I I I think I got twenty minutes into it and just went, no, life is literally too short. I need to turn this off and go and fucking do something worthwhile for life. I need to go and volunteer or, you know, help children or something because this is just awful. And I got was so, so fucking hot for that film because I love The Green Hornet. But yeah, no. Anyway. Anyway, talk, what's, the, what's the next film? I was going to say, quick fire my arse. Um... It's like right on the horizon. Uh, it was, but now I feel like maybe it shouldn't be and I should just say something else because you don't sound impressed. Uh, <laughs> no, to be fair, uh, literally all I was going to say about Dumb and Dumber 2 was that it wasn't as bad as I was expecting, but it wasn't as good as it should have been either. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah. I feel like I know those characters weren't going to have grown up in any sense of the, of the word because they couldn't because that's kind of the point of the movie. But <laughs> for them to both still be that thick, like the best jokes in that movie were total rehashes of some of the better jokes from Dumb and Dumber 1. Yeah. So it like the joke with the blind kid and the birds, mm-hmm. um, that that makes a rerun where that, that kid is now a grown dude and they sell him some more like shit dead pets and stuff. And it's like, <sighs> that's pretty funny, but like literally you've done that before in your own fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the thing because I love Dumb and Dumber. Oh, I me too. It's one of my favourite comedies. Really, yeah, hilarious and just really fucking brilliant. And genuinely, I do genuinely think it's a brilliant film about that's that's about dumb people, you know, about stupid about stupidity. I think it's a clever film about stupidity. I think there's a really good, clever, there's clever writing and clever plotting in there. Yeah. But the, but yeah, but then I saw like the the. the Look, the trailers for the the second one. I just well, it's not actually the second one; it's the third one because there was another sequel called Dumb and Dumberer, which oh, was was that the um, sequel or the prequel? Well, it was like a prequel, wasn't yeah. it? It was they, they kind of I recast them that. when they were younger. Yeah, well, no fucker did, uh, which is why they can get away with calling this too because no fucker remembers that one apart from me. But uh, yeah, so I saw the trailers for this and just thought they are not so disappointed because they apart from the, the the gag with him. Put, you know, pretending to be mentally ill for, <laughs> for like 20, 20 years. years. The, the, all the other gags in the trailer were rehashes from the first film. Yeah. They all and I just off. thought, that's just, if that's the best you can do. <laughs> yeah. And there's, really... not, um, there's not any of the clever stuff either, because some of the stuff that I really liked from like Dumb and Dumber was the fact, like, for example, the, um, the, the criminals who think that they've taken the briefcase, mm. they misconstrue some of their... Harry and Lloyd's stupidity into thinking that they're actually coming up with like genius plans, yeah. and uh, and some of that writing is absolutely amazing. Whereas this film is just a fairly boring story about Harry potentially meeting up with what he thinks is his daughter, mm. and I I can't even remember. I don't think she even is when you get to the end. <laughs> but it's uh, it's a it's eh, nah, it's not great. Mm. Um, there's another case of mistaken identity, and there's another joke yeah. about uh, Lloyd being gross, and <laughs> like it's just it's just not original at all. It's like Dumb and Dumber, but like turned down to like eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They didn't turn it up; they turned it down, and it wasn't mm. very impressive. But if you want to see a comedy that's genuinely good, <laughs> I watched a film a week or so ago called What We Do in the Shadows. I don't know if you've yeah. heard of this. No, I've not, not heard of that at all. Okay, well, I am neon obsessed with uh, Flight of the Concords, mm-hmm. uh, and in particular, Jermaine Clement, who um, is 
uh, handsome and and just amazing. Um, but like I've, <laughs> I haven't seen all the films he's been in. But of the films that I've seen, all of them have been really shit. Um, mm. And so when I heard about this film, I thought ah, I'm not that bothered. But then it got really good reviews, and I was like, oh, all right, then we'll give it a go. It's um, it's set in New Zealand, and it's um, it's it follows a documentary crew who are following four vampires that live together in mm. New Zealand. And it all centres around this sort of six-yearly gathering that they have. I've forgotten what it's called now. Something like the Unholy Masquerade or something like that. It's like a gathering of like zombies and vampires and, and all this stuff. <laughs> but it's actually just like a, re- it's a really funny vampire sitcom almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, like Jermaine plays one of the uh, vampires that, that does a house share with these other, <laughs> other four. And they end up bringing another vampire into the fold. And, um, oh, God, it's just so original and fucking hilarious. Uh, and there's werewolves in it. And there's, um, Reese Darby plays, like, the head of this werewolf clan, and it's just hilarious. Um, mm. It's just... it's It wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be. I don't want to say too much about it because I don't want to spoil it, but there are some lines in it that, like, I was actually crying at. I was laughing so hard. Um, it's just... Well, you're selling... Like I say, I've never heard it, so you're selling me on it. So, yeah, don't, don't spoil it now. I won't. I'm thinking, oh, yeah. I won't. I'm it's like... Okay. Again, it's like another fairly dark comedy. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the comedy is around murdering people. <laughs> um, but it is just... It's really smart. And, uh, oh, it's just, I, I mean, loving Jermaine Clement helps because uh, he has his top off a few times. But I would just wholeheartedly recommend it to anybody who likes comedies and also vampires and also awesomeness. Yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds like me. I like to laugh. There you go. You know? Job done. What are doing the shows? Yeah. Sort it out. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, I'll have to get that. Love it. And uh, the last movie I was going to talk about, which I don't want to talk about too much because it was shit, was Sin City 2. <laughs> Okay, now, yeah, I've seen that. I, yeah, I I know. Yeah, Yeah, like, I think the most disappointing thing about this film is how fucking good Sin City 1 is. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that film is, it's sharp and it's swish-looking and it's... All the stories are, like, the best stories for each of those characters. Like, I'm not caught up on the books, so I don't really know, like the exact source material but i think all the stories that they chose were the stronger stories from the books yeah. problem with that is you're left with the shittier ones for the second movie <laughs> um and well you know he, oh, okay here's my here's my thing on the on the second one because i i enjoyed sin city too and i liked i just my thing is that it kind of one it was like 10 years too late so it kind of it, it kind of looks dated even though it looks, it has to look identical to the first one, but it, it feels kind of dated. Mm. And and second, although I love the the Down to Kill Four story and I love the graphic novel, the, the, there are some like new stories they've added that aren't from the comics that they've they've just written in there. Yeah. Uh, one is like the gambler story with um, Joseph jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. That what one. the fuck's that doing in there? Which. I thought it's that was pointless. okay. We, 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 yeah, I remember we had this this discussion on Twitter. So yeah, I, see, I like that because you think about him, but it's not. It's about the it's about the villain. It's about the bad guy. Um, so that was okay. Although I get where you're coming from because it is just feels like a. What was the fucking point of that? I think you could, um, you could entirely cut that part, that bit, that storyline, and hmm. completely out. Because even though it does prove that the villain can get beaten, sort of, 
in the end it doesn't and so like you could just lock that out and it would have no bearing on anything else yeah but that's 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 why see this is that's what i get that this is why it's 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 in there because you know even if you win you lose so you know even if you beat him it's not gonna make a slight bit of difference spoilers um <laughs> but the, the the thing that annoyed me about it was the the i think it's the final story with marv and Nancy, the stripper, yep. where she goes on like a revenge kick and she gets all scarred up and stuff. And she looks fucking awesome with the scars. I, I, you know, I thought that was amazing. But that story, the, the point about the Sin City thing is that they crisscross, that these separate stories all exist. So it's like you're seeing like this, the, the actual like timeline in different pieces, like like Pulp Fiction, you know? Yeah. But, the thing, but with that one, they just kind of threw the fucking continuity at the window because there's no way that that story could have happened to Nancy at that point and for Marv to be there because he's fucking dead from the first film <laughs> at that point. So it's like, what the... So I'm thinking, is he supposed to be... Is he really there? Is he just because we've because she's had visions in that story? She's having visions of Hartigan, you know, yeah. um, who died in the first film. So you're thinking, is she having visions of Marv now? But she's not. That's actually Marv. He interacts with stuff and people, and yeah, and he has his own little thing that he does on his own where she's not there. So it doesn't. And I'm just thinking, well, what the fuck? What really, what, <laughs> what really, really bothered me about her storyline, and this is this is possibly me just picking up on sort of vaguely sexy shit when I probably shouldn't be. But mm. she was the only one in that movie who didn't get her own voiceover for her own story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that really annoyed me because really it took it took all of the agency away from her. It didn't feel like it was her decision to, to go out and get revenge anymore. It felt like she was almost being driven by Bruce Willis. And it felt like even though that te- sort of technically was the driving force in terms of her wanting to get revenge, like it just annoyed me that it felt like she was almost working on autopilot and didn't really give a shit about herself. And about what was going to happen, like it just took all the all the decision making away from her, and that really yeah. fucked me off. <laughs> yeah, that really made me cross. I was like, so no, that's no, that's a really good point because it is because everything else is told through through the eyes of that character and through the voices of each character, and by not giving her that voice, it almost said like she doesn't, she's not as important in this story, in her own story. Yeah, she doesn't have that kind of oh, yeah. or, or stuff that's going on in her head isn't as important. Yeah, so yeah, so that's that's a good. I think that's a really good point. Yeah, that, but, that really uh, makes sense. I, I still I still quite like the film, but that kind of episode did uh, did niggle me a lot. Yeah, I think um, I think that film I would have liked it a lot more if it have if we'd have got rid of Joseph Gordon Levitt's bit, um, mm-hmm. because I think the stuff with Eva Green was really good, and she's just mm-hmm. so fucking beautiful. It's she, yeah, she, I could watch ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. She, she could be in a fairy liquid advert. And all I want to steal that big blue coat she's got as well. It's fucking gorgeous. Um, and <laughs> I, she's... Say, I didn't notice the fashion at all. <laughs> Probably because she oh, takes God. her clothes off a lot. So much. So I'm much. Just, I went nearly... I'm going to say I went nearly blind, but I knew you, that would be a bad <laughs> way to start a sentence, even though it's not the end where you think the... I was going to say I nearly went blind trying to see through the kind of silhouettes... <laughs> Yeah, trying to, oh, oh my gosh. Kind of, yeah, like, turning the up. I don't uh, think I've ever like watched a film and thought there was any more perfect like boobs on screen. Like she's just fucking ridiculous. She's so like everything's perfect to bear her, bitch. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> she's so she's, ama- like so beautiful. Like mm. seen three hundred the second three hundred. I haven't, movie. no. In that you will hate the fucking film. But she's just amazing in that. Absolutely fucking amazing. 
And I just, yeah, I was just sitting in the cinema. I mean, I liked it. I liked the film. I liked the first 300 and I liked the second one. It's kind of basically the same film, but with less good actors in it, apart from her, who's fucking just... You think she should be in every fucking scene of this film because she's just incredible. And she takes her clothes off again, which she does a lot, actually. It's kind of like a thing that she does. God bless her for that. (laughs) But, yeah, she's just fucking incredible. And I could just... Could just in anything. I absolutely, I absolutely love how I've just gone crazy about a woman being like belittled in her own story and then gone, but core, cool, even green with her top off though, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to stifle my own <laughs> argument. <laughs> See the tits on this one. <laughs> but, uh, they are good though. I'm just appreciating a good pair of knockers. That's all I'm doing. They are good. This is good. This is, yeah, I think this is important. This is. This is... <laughs> To, uh, uh, to a person's well-being, I think. I think we all like knockers, and I think we all need to kind of acknowledge that. Knockers are great. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, there you go. There's your quote for the... Uh... <laughs> Episode 35, knockers are great. <laughs> I just want to say, I desperately want Eva Green to, to play Barbarella. I want to I want to see a Barbarella make with Eva Green as Barbarella, because she just fucking rock. And um, that's it. I saw. I want to say really. That's that's the whole reason I've come on. Really, it's just can Fair somebody enough. make that happen? Dear Hollywood, <laughs> yeah, Barbarella with, please. Thank you. Bye. Oh dear. That's, so there you go. Fair enough. Well, we are now creeping up on two hours. So, <laughs> <laughs> holy shit! Uh, is there anything else you wanted to chat about briefly before we uh, do a toodle? No. Honestly, I've got. You'll have to invite me back because I've got like a, a big fucking list that I've. Yeah. I've got. Of like three things off my <laughs> Whoops. I've only got one thing left on mine. Now I feel a bit bad because I obviously bogarted the show. Well, that's okay. Because, yeah, I mean, I've got, I had, I had a big old rant about DC and Marvel event comics fucking stuff up. And, um, what else was it? Okay. Before, before we, we need to address this just a tiny bit, right? I'm really, really behind on Marvel comics. Do I need yeah. to catch up? I don't, honestly. <laughs> are, are we rebooting? Oh. Do I need to bother? Like, yeah. <laughs> Rebooting, yeah, a proper full-on Crisis on Infinite Earth type, New Fifty Two type um, reboot where everything. I don't know if it's going to be like that or not, but I'm just thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, because every time, because no, you know, make no mistake, Marvel is bringing out a shitload of really, really good comics at the minute. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, Hawkeye is absolutely fantastic, Wicked. and I just found it that bastard. So that was fucking good, and you know, She Hulk was really good. That's just being cancelled Miss oh. um, Marvel Captain Marvel's good Storm the, the, the Storm comic that's run at the moment is really good out of, against all the fucking odds you know the, the, I mean Daredevil is fucking fantastic at a minute yeah because um, um, I'm, I'm mostly reading like the like the UK reprints the Panini reprints and so I'm reading, you know, Daredevil, and there's there's, there's one coming that's sort of finished in the US, where I'm reading now called Avengers Arena, which is where they took a bunch of teenage. It's like Battle uh, Royale, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, just on an island like Battle Royale. And it's fucking amazing. <laughs> um, it's like it's like teen Secret Wars from the eighties, and just going, yeah, but they're proper fucking killing them in horrible, horrible ways. This is amazing. So I'm really enjoying that. Uh, there's um. They've just well, I say just in in the in the reprint. So it would have been like a year or a year and a half, maybe two years ago. They've kind of relaunched Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. They're in like the the Marvel Legends title that's just kind of restarted from Panini. And those are all fucking amazing. Those are all terrific. And then I'm reading like um, 
Young Avengers, which is brilliant, and uh, Mighty Avengers, which is written by Al Ewing, which is brilliant. And I've just got a feeling, I'm just waiting for the penny to drop, that these are, I'm, I'm really enjoying all these, and at some point they're all going to get fucked up with all this crossover shit, because they always do. Mm-hmm. You know, they bring out these great comics, and then they either get cancelled because they're not part of the big core crossover event family of books, so they don't get the... Um, Either they don't get the readership or they just don't have room for them because they've got to bring out the next fucking multiple crossover feed off whatever umpteenth Spider-Man thing because of the, you know, the Spider-Man stuff or whatever. So, and, and, and just think, oh, is it fucking worth it? Because it's driving up the fucking war. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they are doing some really great comics, but you you just know that they're, 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 they've, there's like a, like a timer over the top of them for, before they get fucked up, before there's some kind of crossover thing turns up. And I say this, and this is a string of these fucking events. There's, there was one called um, Infinity. Then there was the the original Sin, and then uh, and then we got this like Secret Wars one coming up. And it's like they're literally just leading from one to another. It used to be one event a year, which is too much. Uh, even then, just one a year was too much. Mm. And it's like literally there's something going on, and they just feed off from one into the next, into the next. And I don't know. I just think that's really. I don't get the mentality behind it. It's it just seems to be like grabbing rather than looking for a wider audience. It's all just about grabbing the, the dwindling audience they've got. Yeah. Uh, for here's, a, here's an example. Um, Jenny Yilblad gave me a comic for Christmas. A um, she got it me because it's um, Zatanna's on the cover. Zatanna's in it. It's Justice League Dark. I love it. And it's a fucking. Mm-hmm. She said, I got you this because it's fucking amazing cover. Zatanna, and she's it's it's like a three D uh, lenticular cover. So you see her in normal, and then you see her, and she's all fucked up with scars on her face. It's amazing. And then I thought, fantastic. I open the present. Oh, this is great. She says, Oh, but I have to apologise because I did read it before I wrapped it up for you, and it makes no sense. <laughs> the story makes no fucking sense at all because it's it's like one chapter of this future end event that DC is running. Oh, and, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and I read it and it just made no sense. And then you, I looked into it. I thought, well, you know, if you bought me this present, I'll, I want to try and get the most out of it. So I'll just look and see, you know, how I can get caught up. And then you look into it and you find out that this Future's End thing runs, is a weekly that runs... In everything. Free. It's going to run for six months. And then you find out that in addition to that, there was like a one-month big event thing where every issue that DC published was a Future's End crossover. Mm-hmm. So you got... An, uh, fucking 50 books there i tell and you what's driving me potty about future's end is that i've started reading quite a lot of my comics digitally now just because of space and storage and um the way that they're sorted in my comics reader is by the week that they were released and then within that alphabetically because yeah. what you know i don't know exactly which you know, they all came out on the Wednesday or the Thursday, so I can't sort them any differently within there. The number of times, because I've got a shit memory, that I've got halfway through something and thought, that story doesn't really make any fucking sense. Gone three or four comics down my list and realised that part one of that story was actually in, I don't know, like Swamp Thing. And then I've had, I'm like, oh, I've just read part two in fucking batman like because yeah. i've read it completely out of order yeah. like it's just i can't keep up with any of it at all it's fucking annoying as balls and i've yeah. um i mean the the annoying the most annoying thing is is that there are a lot of dc comics that i was really enjoying prior to uh future's yeah. end and all that stuff um and now i'm just reading so much more marvel and idw stuff um, and yeah. boom studios have been doing some really good like 
cartoon tie-ins like yeah. um, a regular show and Adventure Time and stuff. The Adventure Time comics have been amazing. So I've just been like, I am now about 100 comics behind in DC and about 200 behind in Marvel because yeah. I'm, I'm getting them on a weekly, monthly basis, whatever. But the first ones I'm reading are all my Image, all my IDW, all my Boom Studios, all my Dark Horse. <laughs> like, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, shit, well, now I've got another seven. That's it. I mean, that's, I mean, they were saying that, like, yeah, the Image is actually, like, the number two punch now. It, it's, like, taking over Marvel, I guess, or, or DC, or which it was. And it's because, like, Image is just doing some fucking awesome comics now. Well, yeah, it takes you can, chances, you can just, and you can just pick them yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, you can just pick them up. Amazingly, to understand say fucking saga you don't then have to pick up 50 other fucking comics just to to make that to make sense you know um i mean even even like um like marvel did like just brought out the new spider-woman book and i was i thought i fucking love spider-woman yes you know and give me that fucking manara fucking cover <laughs> yeah bless. so you know and don't get me started on that <laughs> um there's another fucking podcast so and I thought, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get me that fucking spider one, yes. And then you you pick it up and find out it's part of a big fucking crossover yep. thing. And um, you just wait, think, what's the fucking point? Way to miss the fucking boat as well on a load of new readers because like yeah. Spider Woman would have been the perfect opportunity to bring more people in because with all the stuff that's going on in the cinematic universe and mm. Agents of Shield and now Agent Carter, there are probably so many more people interested in comics, particularly women, especially off the back of Agent Carter, there's going to be a lot of women who probably look and think, oh, Spider-Woman issue one, that's something I can get behind. So have a squeeze at that, read it, it's fucking incomprehensible. Throw, yeah, throw it in the bin, never look at it again. Pretty <laughs> yeah, incomprehensible. Yeah. And you think, well, Jesus, where's, where's the sense? Where's the fucking sense? You know, and to be fair, like I say, you know, She-Hulk was fucking brilliant. You could pick that up and read that. That was that's amazing. You know, Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel. But but still, but then again, you know, She-Hulk's just been fucking cancelled. And you think you fuckers. I love She-Hulk. <laughs> <too. laughs> whether they get whether they're going to do that kind of switcheroo thing and then kind of relaunch it again with the big hoo-ha like they did with uh, Captain Marvel and they did with Daredevil. It seems to be their thing now. Mm. This that they just cancel and relaunch with exactly the same creative team for no fucking reason whatsoever and it just it just drives me nuts see i'm i'm i think i'm pretty i've been reading comics since i was 10 i didn't even have that kind of teenage break where you discover girls and shit i discovered girls and still carried on reading comics because girls wouldn't talk to me so fuck it so i i I just read comics forever right since i i discovered them you know so i i'm pretty savvy about comics and i don't know where to fucking start with like the marvel stuff so what chance has some dude who's just seen Fucking Captain America, you know, Winter Soldier going in. What chances he got, or or some girl who's just, you know, who's, who's into Agent Carter or whatever. What chance have they got? If they just want to go and, and or, you know, or they've just got off on bloody um, Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff. Mm. You know, it's just like they, they, it's almost like the movies are doing the comics better than the comics now. Although it does seem like the movies might be picking up the bad habits from the comics because apparently, like, Civil War is going to be a big year-long event through all the movies. And you just think, no, don't fucking do that. I was wondering about the Civil War movie. Just quick aside, uh, anybody who did like Guardians of the Galaxy, go and pick up the Rocket the Raccoon comic that's by Scotty Young. It's amazing. You won't regret it. Um, yeah, on the Civil War thing, like, I never liked that storyline anyway, but it was because of the reason mm. they started fighting each other. It wasn't worth yeah. having a fucking Benny over, which was no. the idea of superhero registration. 
that cannot be the reason in the movies, can it? Because mm. name me a character in the current Marvel Cinematic Universe whose other personality is not known. Everyone yeah, knows... he's got a secret identity, yeah. yeah. Everyone knows that Iron Man's Tony Stark. Everyone knows that mm. Steve Rogers is Cap. Every, like, mm. pretty much most people know who Hawkeye and Black Widow are. Like, yeah. everyone knows who the Hulk is. Everyone... Thor's just Thor. Like, yeah. <laughs> Thor yeah. is Thor. There's no... There's nobody to register. So they... I don't know what they're gonna... <laughs> I don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. But I was, uh, I was thinking... Because oh, I was coming from... Yeah, that's a really fucking good point. You just ruined... <laughs> Fucking thanks. Because <laughs> um, I was thinking, oh, I thought it might work better in the in the movie than it did in the comics. Because in the comics, like you say, the trigger event in the comics happens every fucking week in the comics. It's like, you know, this kind of explosion and all the deaths happens all the time. And it, it's like it's so many years later that the, the, the registration thing doesn't make any sense. It's like really kind of like shutting the barn door after the, you know, the horse is bolted type thing. Whereas with the with the, with the the movie universe, I'm getting that, okay, this is, this is we're at the start now. This is where like these characters, you know, these characters with powers are starting to pop up left, right and centre. So it, it does make sense for this to come in now where it's like, like, oh, this is fucking new and this is kind of strange and dangerous. So, but like you say, yeah, there's, who's, yeah, there's no fucking secret identities. <laughs> anyway, so unless they, that's between, between now and then, maybe this is where they, and this could be actually where the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. seems to be setting stuff up. Because obviously you know that they, like the Marvel movie people haven't got the X-Men mm. franchise and they haven't got the Fantastic Four franchise and they haven't got Spider-Man, although he might be, if you believe the rumours, he might be, he might be popping up. So what they what Marvel's doing now is really pushing the Inhumans, which they've got, um, which is like the X Men because it's a big kind of like vast kind of race of superpowered individuals, and they're kind of pushing that, and there's going to be a big Inhumans movie coming down the line, and like Agents of Shield seem to be really kind of well, it's not hinting to it, but spoiler, 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 they kind of introduced that kind of stuff in the uh, the mid season finale. They kind of just went, yeah, they said you know, you're left with no kind of you know the comics, they, this kind of they've told you, they've said it, that's it, you know, this is setting up the inhuman stuff which is really fucking exciting so unless there's going to be a huge kind of part of the the storyline or part of the arc of uh, agents of shield is that they, we are going to see this sudden spike in kind of superpowered activity and that might be what they're setting up now mm-hmm. um i don't know but we'll have to wait and see but it's, it's interesting because like, the next film is coming out which is going to be i mean obviously we've got um age of ultron coming out so i guess we'll, we'll, I guess we'll find out there what that's going to be all about and then the next one after that is Ant-Man, which as far as I gather, it's going to kind of be self-contained and in its own thing. Like oh, with my God, it looks so good, the Galaxy. I really fucking love Ant-Man. I am kind of so wet for that film. <laughs> um, and I was I was kind of wet for it as soon as they announced it. because, And not because Edgar Wright either. I just love the fucking character. Like the, the, the Scott Lang Ant-Man is one of the, the, the two-part origin story for him from Marvel Premiere is one of the earliest Marvel comics I ever read when I was a kid. Mm. So that really imprinted on me. And I just think it's a great character, you know, jailed for a crime he did actually fucking commit, you know, and then released and trying to go straight and he gets a job with Tony Stark, which was like a neat little crossover. And he's a single parent, which even as a kid, that kind of struck me as kind of, different and that he's kind of he hasn't got like the girlfriend and stuff he's he's got a, you know the daughter he needs to look after and all that kind of thing and i just loved all that kind of stuff and that he's like a generational superior as well which was new to me at the time and i just loved that that story so when i found out that you know they were making a movie of that 
and then that they, that the Ant-Man story wasn't going to be the Hank Pym storyline, that it was actually going to be the Scott Lang one, and that it was going to have all that stuff in there, you know, that he's going to be an ex-con and yada yada yada, and you know, he was going to be a generational hero, and he, you know, the, uh, you know, the original Ant-Man actually exists within the context of the story, and he's still the costume and yada yada. I thought, well, this is fucking amazing. This is just awesome. So at the time it was announced, everybody's going fucking what? Fucking Ant-Man? Fucking what? Um, and I'll just go, no, 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 this is, this is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. So, so yeah, so I've been, I, you know, I'm kind of, I'm being like the total kind of hipster guy who was going to be, hey, dudes, I was fucking into this before, you know, you lot. I was into this when I was fucking 10, okay? So, you know, don't give me none of this. Hey, doesn't Ant-Man look great? Because well, you said it looked shit when it was announced. I um, I don't know anything about Ant-Man. I don't think I've ever read an Ant-Man comic. The only thing I knew about Scott Lang was that he was a con, and I thought, like an ex-con, and mm. I thought, they're never going to put that in yeah. there. Saw the tr- Well, mm. as soon as Paul Rudd was announced, I was like, I mean, I don't care what it's about. <laughs> I, Paul you know, Rudd I had a feeling you were into Paul Rudd. Yeah. Oh, my God, so much. Oh, I wished. Um... <laughs> and uh, yeah, saw the trailer, and I was like, "Well, holy shit, this looks tits!" So mm. I am. You can colour me excited, whatever colour that is, because fucking it just looks tits. Anyway, so that's yeah. uh, that's two hours and twenty minutes we've been talking. Okay, I think that's quite enough. Like... Yeah, okay, that's yeah, that's like a good <laughs> a good place to yeah. We don't want to do like the full twenty four hours again. In it though. Uh, I've definitely got work tomorrow, so that would be a really bad idea. (laughs) Yeah, sorry to cut you off right there, but I am literally about to piss myself. I've had like three drinks while we were talking to keep my throat like from coughing too much, and now I'm just like, I'm going to wet the bed. Uh, So, yeah, let's not do that. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me on. I fucking love it, as always. Lovely. Well, you're always welcome in the parlour, so, um, yeah, if ever uh, if ever you want to come on again, just give me a poke. Yeah, right. totally. Yeah, I'll be on any time. When you get stuck, just give me a shout and I'll be on. Jolly good. How can people get in touch with you, or if you even want them to? <laughs> OK. <laughs> no, they, they mustn't look me in the eyes. They, you know, Definitely they're invitation don't, only. Uh, but don't now, yeah, <laughs> I'm on. I'm on Twitter at uh, lovelylee underscore g and i've just and um, there's nothing much there really but i've just started a new blog called lovelyleeg.blogspot.co.uk and i'll be i'll be posting stuff on there at some point once i get off my lazy ass and tight and you know because i, I want to do a like a best of 2014 blog before topical <laughs> 2000 before 2015 fucking disappears <laughs> and uh, i'm like a 12th of the way too late already, you know. Well, I tell so. you what, go and watch Frank before you do that, because seriously, okay, okay. It, it'll definitely make it in. Don't give me excuses not to blog for fuck's sake, woman. <laughs> By the way, um, you really need to, uh, yeah, and watch Adventure Time as well. And then that, then the next thing I know, it's fucking June, and I still haven't put a fucking. Uh, you should watch Adventure Time though. I really should. I really. Should. I thought. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm waffling, but I thought. Because I, I was, we got Sky, and I thought I went. Through, I was going through the channels as you do, and you go through all, and like the cartoon channels are like way up into the big numbers. Yeah. Like you go through all the boring shit, and then all of a sudden cartoons. So I was like going through. And I thought, fucking hell, Cartoon Network, shit, yeah. So I kind of like series linked like uh, Adventure Time and and a bunch of other stuff, loads of other stuff, um, Hulk Agents of Smash and, and all this. I thought, yes, here we go, fucking series and link. So I went off, to, did those. And, so left it a week or a fortnight, come back, and you've got like six, 12 episodes, whatever it is. Went to watch him and realised we haven't got him on the fucking subscription, so I've got like, 
24 episodes of just of just blue screen saying to subscribe oh. to this channel whatever so i was gutted because i thought yes i can get caught up on adventure time uh but no so i'll have to get the dvd box set uh but i, but, um, I went to buy the dvd box set and season one is cool i can order that one and then you go to look at season two because i like to plan ahead and you got all these like one star reviews because it hasn't got all the episodes on like there's two episodes or four episodes or something that's missing no way. And I thought, oh fuck, that's that'll that'll fuck me up. I can't, I can't, I cannot buy that DVD DVD box set, knowing there's episodes missing. That will drive me insane. Yeah, that's um, really shit. Yeah, it's I don't know the details because it's something. Are, are the episodes like split into two? Is it like two? There's, there's, a, some, there's a couple there... of two parters, but I think I think they were in later series. I don't know. No, I don't know. Anyway, so it said there's like because you got like the like the God bless the uh, Amazon buyer reviews, which you don't often say. But they were just saying, you know, there's, you know, there's two episodes missing or four episodes missing from this. Uh, it's not a complete season at all, and I don't know why they're not there and all that kind of thing. So I was thinking, oh, okay, that's that's kind of fucked my head up. But uh, but yeah, at some point I will um, get into uh, Adventure Time because hmm. just to shut people up, frankly. This um this last series, like I know we're going off topic again, and you know we've been here like two and a half hours but still the the last the series that's currently on which is um, we were wrapping things up i know bless so mad um the 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 last series that's been on series six like we're in the middle of it at the moment and Mm. it's uh one of the things i love the most about adventure time is the fact that they're growing finn up as it goes along like not he's not aging a full year every year but he's he's definitely growing up because they wanted to keep the voice actor and so a lot of the even though they don't directly talk about it a lot of the themes as he's getting older are, are very much dealing with growing up and you know prepubescence and getting feelings and stirrings in the loins and growing up and dealing with puberty and you know all this sort of stuff um and there's been quite a lot of like quite deep meaningfuls and uh definitely some daddy issues ones that kind of hit me like a ton of bricks so there's 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 been a lot of episodes that are just brilliant and funny and good kid shows and others that are just like almost heart-wrenchingly like why would you show this to your children (laughs) 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 it's just it's just it's kind of harsh but it's kind of wonderful as well and i think it's it doesn't shy away from teaching kids about difficult things. Anyway, yeah. let's go. I'm going to piss okay. myself. It's, yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to do that live. I definitely yeah. don't. Um, wrong audience. You just get the wrong audience. So, hey, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm T on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and also uh, there's a Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook page where you can come and talk about things and episodes and tell me to shut up or whatever. Uh, also, Stacey's Parlour at gmail.com and you can buy merchandise from spcp is that the right why do i always put that up stacy's pop yeah spcp.spreadshirt.co.uk and apparently if you order within the next few days i don't know when this episode's going up so hopefully within that time period you get free delivery because of valentine's so yeah, little gift, little lovely gift for yourself or for your lover. Maybe. There you go. <laughs> Don't know. For your lover? For your lover. Uh, buy my face shirt, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. That, that sounds good. Ta-ra, pets. Ta-ra for a bit. Bye.